Hello, this is Dr. Paul Cottrell, and I'm going to be talking about Bolton and his comments that were made today about Donald Trump, our President of the United States, about his foreign policy, specifically the headline from MSNBC is Bolton slams Trump suggests foreign policy guided by personal interests. Now, we got to really look at the last 30 or 40 years in the Middle East and realize that there's been a, a never-ending war in the Middle East. As I've said in many videos uh, that I do, that I remember international policy going all the way back to 1973. I'm sorry, 1978. I was born in 72, but 1978 with the Iran hostage crisis. So 78 and 79. And what a fiasco that was. And then the bombing of the Marines during the Reagan administration in, in Beirut. There's been never ending carnage and war in the Middle East since the 70s. And that's through my memory. So it, we have to make it very clear that when the president said, you know what, it's time to bring our troops home and let other foreign nations pay for, for you know, dealing with the, you know, dealing with the mess in the Middle East. I think he's dead right. Why should we be tr paying trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars? And that count, when they say trillions, that was post 9-11, not pre-9-11 costs. So, so we got this, this neocon, Bolton, how he got into the administration, I have no idea. That makes no sense to me. But it definitely there seems to be some sort of Trump trust certain people that he shouldn't be trusting. But Bolton is just like... Uh, was is just like John McCain. There's not a war they didn't like. So he's saying that there's there, is based on personal interests, personal interests. But you know Trump's been saying this from from day one, be, way way before he was running for president, about how it was a mistake to get into Iraq. Now, I did watch Bolton in, in, at the Oxford Union speech that he made, I think it was this year, and uh, I saw it on YouTube. So, you know, you can go to Oxford Union, they have these lectures of guest speakers, Bannon, Steve Bannon has had one, um, you know, many, many different people in the political world, the philosophical, the theological, in all different disciplines. It's uh, that old style of oratory, which I like, actually. T too bad we don't have it in the United States because we have too many sound bites. But, you know, but that's, you know, the potato chip and, and, and uh, pizza, pizza and pop culture that we have. Um, but it's interesting how this headline is is stated okay so i'm going to play this this clip 
Um, but it's interesting how it's stated because you know what's going on with the investigation of the Bidens. Biden, okay, went over to the to Ukraine and said we're going to hold uh, a guaranteed loan. We're going to hold money about a, a billion six. unless you fire a prosecutor. And if it was just that, then it would be okay. Because he's trying to say, you know, we don't want to give money to, for, for corrupt regimes. But it just so happened that that corrupt re regime that was in there was looking into his own family interests. Hunter Biden, his son, a cocaine addicted, kicked out of the military asshole, um, and, 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 and you know, did not serve his country honorably, uh, was getting money being on the board of a oil company, oil and gas company. Not only was Biden on that board, but there was a Romney uh, affiliate someone that is is close to Nancy Pelosi a CIA ex-CIA officer so this sounds very similar to a CIA type operation that flows funds in and cause disturbances in a country and uses that flow of funds to help self-finance Something similar happened during the Bay of, after the Bay of Pigs, which is tied to the Bush administration, the Bush, Bush Sr. The oil company that Bush owned was just off the coast of, of Cuba. And there was money that was flowing out of that oil company to help fund arms and create instability in, in Cuba. And this is a well-known fact. I mean, all you have to do is just go in and, and, and research it. I can't remember the name of the company, but um, the name of the operation, the name of the company was, was a, a code name for an operation that was in the CIA. It starts with a Z, like uh, Zapra or something like that. I can't, I, I'd have to look it up, but, but, but something similar. Now it could be, it, this might not be the case, it's independent of if it, if, it, if it is the case or not. The reality of the situation is, is there was something that was going on that was wrong with the Bidens. And Trump, as the, the, uh, as the uh, leader, uh, the head of the executive branch, he is in charge of investigating wrongdoing, even if it happens to be someone that is running for political office. Just because you run for political office, that means you're above the law. Is that what Nancy Pelosi is saying? So you got to remember that there is a, a battle that's going on. There's this globalization versus anti-globalization battle. And I'm not talking about normal flow of, flow of goods around the world or flow of people and immigration. That's not what I mean by globalization. What I mean by globalization is uber-globalization, where nations are destroyed to try to constitute a larger 
one world government through currency, through lack of borders, through loss of their judicial system and their, their legislative system, weaken them. And you, it's very obvious that's what's happening with open borders and the inability to support uh, the Constitution and, and, and you know, su support the, um, or exercise your civil liberties like gun control, you know, how gun control is trying to take away your Second Amendment. So they form this as if, well, what Trump's doing to moving our troops out and, and focusing more on Asia, which was the, the pivot um, that Obama instituted, the way they're framing it is it's like, well, there must be some personal benefit. The reality is that the personal benefit was coming from the Bidens and everyone that's tied into globalization. So we'll play this wonderful clip and we'll see what happens. National Security Advisor John Bolton still a potential wild card in the impeachment proceedings, not agreeing to testify yet. But privately, it seems he was venting to a group of wealthy investors at a Miami speech last week. According to many people who heard his remarks and talked to NBC News exclusively, Bolton, speaking to hedge fund managers at a Morgan Stanley conference, took issue with the president's grasp on foreign policy. Specifically, Mr. Trump's embrace of Turkey's President Erdogan in the face of bipartisan condemnation and the role business interests may play in that relationship. Erdogan, we should note, is meeting with the President at the White House tomorrow. Joining me now, NBC News correspondent Carol Lee, who along with Stephanie Wool broke that story, and MSNBC political analyst Elise Jordan. Carol, tell us about your story because it seems that Bolton really kind of uh, let a lot of cats out of the bag when he was talking yeah. to the hedge fund managers. Yeah, that's right. So, so, so it's amazing that, you know, Bolton gets kicked out of the, the out of the administration. And, uh, you know, what is he doing? He's doing world tours with hedge fund managers. So he needs a job. Stephanie Wall and I are reporting that Bolton was at this conference uh, in Miami last Wednesday night, and he was really there to give the keynote speech. And we should say that this was billed to him as something that was off the record, where he could speak candidly. And according to the people we talked to in the room, he really did. Um, he not only talked about Turkey, which he said, Andrew, was the most frustrating thing, um, policy decision by the president um, that he had seen. He really was didn't understand it. He said no one was aligned with the president on Turkey among his team. Now, the thing is, is just because you don't agree with your advisors, and that's the prerogative of the president, you don't have to agree with your advisors. It doesn't mean you don't understand it. Because you've got to remember, the, his advisors primarily are neocons. His advisors are primarily never-ending war in the Middle East. It is time for America to retreat from the Middle East and let the chips where they may. Now, if it ends up being that there is some sort of reconstitution of a terrorist group that may do harm in the United States, we should completely destroy them. And we have the power to do that within days, not years, not months, not decades, not with trillions of dollars. If we really want to kill, we can kill. 
team um, and suggested that there must be some business or personal reason um, for the, the approach that the president was taking to Turkey. Um, perhaps more interestingly, or equally as interesting, he was asked to... And maybe the personal interest is very similar to the bargain that Khrushchev had with Kennedy, JFK. Remember, most of your, quote, advisors during the Cuban Missile Crisis wanted to launch nuclear weapons. You and I, most of the people that are watching this video, would be dead or never born if that had happened. That is, the that is what's going on here. Never-ending war, even if it means nuclear holocaust. So maybe what is happening is that Trump is trying to de-escalate the tensions in the Middle East. Because what is the talking points from, from the other side? The other side is, well, you know, we got to stand, you know, stand by, you know, our allies at all costs. No, not at all costs. And allies shift with the wind. And it could be what is happening is, is that there's a realignment with the United States and Russia to be able to fight China. In 20, it's 2021, President Trump wins a second term, he's unleashed, what does he do? And he took that opportunity to kind of take a, a stab at the president's son-in-law and daughter, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, where he surmised that they would try to get the president to rewrite his legacy um, and convince him to nominate a liberal like Lawrence Tribe, for, who's a Harvard professor and a critic of Trump, President Trump, um, to the Supreme Court. And he also criticized Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, a Republican who has a very isolationist view on foreign policy and said Trump would go, you know, full isolate, could go full isolationist and pull out of NATO and other things. And then lastly, I would say more broadly speaking. Now, in terms of isolationism, it's not isolationism. It's the realization that are you getting return on your investment or an ROI of the activities that are going on in the Middle East? All right. And should we redeploy our operations into something else? Should we employ our operations into something else? Um, like, you know, rearming and, you know, repositioning for a confrontation with China. Now, it's not that I'm not for war. I'm for smart war. All right. And what I mean by smart war is, is attack the enemies that, that are there, that are, um, that are the real, the, the real deal, not this play the, you know, play this never ending, you know, the Vietnam that they got in the Middle East. They wanted to turn Southeast Asia into this. They couldn't because there were a bunch of baby boomers that were draft age that didn't want to fight. And unfortunately, what's happening is, is it's all, it, 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 because there is no draft, there is no political, uh, political will from the people to fight it in the Middle East, to, 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 to fight this, this never-ending neocon war. And, you know, um, in the statement about Rand Paul, I think Rand Paul is one of the, one of the, the, um, the, the, the most considerate individuals you got to remember, this individual has, has stated for many, many years, 
about less government is better government, you know, civil liberties, protect the Constitution, you know, fight an enemy when you have to fight them, but never have, don't do these never ending wars and, and don't, you know, uh, placate to the, to, you know, the new world order and all this stuff. In terms of NATO, do we really need NATO anymore? We don't have the enemy that NATO was was designed for, which was a, a, a confrontating Russia. If anything, Russia is reaching, trying to reach out for us to establish some sort of economic bi-directional agreement, some symbiotic kind of relationship. So Rand Paul, and, and not only that, he was a victim of, of political violence. He was stabbed in the chest by a neighbor and punctured his lung, and I believe it caused some bacterial infection or some, some chronic infection, and they had to remove one, one of his lungs or, or a lobe of his lung. So, you know, and that was, and that incident happened after Nancy Pelosi and Nancy, Nancy Pelosi and uh, Maxine Waters said, you know, go to your uh, representatives and your senators and, 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 and the, uh, um, the Trump staff and all that. And if they're a Republican supporter, then, you know, you cause havoc. That built up a tension that led to the stabbing of Rand Paul. Why didn't Bolton say that? The war is here, not in Turkey. The war is right here in the United States. Um, Bolton, according to people who heard his speech, really had took issue with the way the president approached foreign policy, saying that it's not like real estate deals. You can't lose one and then move on to the next. And he expressed concern about the, the president's approach as, as a transactional kind of negotiator with, on foreign policy. And Bolton, the never, the, you know, the know-it-all, the, Ameri the wisdom of the American people voted for Trump. And we voted for something different. And Bolton, unfortunately, even with a lot of his knowledge, can't adapt to the new environment. And that is a realignment in international policy. And it's Trump's prerogative. He could say, I want to take all of my troops back home. And if his advisors don't like it, it's tough. It doesn't matter because that's the way the Constitution is. Um, that that was uh, going to hurt US, the U.S. over the long term, that there needed to be a consistency and also um, an understanding of the interconnectedness of um, the America's relationships with other countries. See, the interconnectedness of, in, of international relationships and assuming that, you know, they're never ending and that they're always, you know, fixed and that, you know, in the, in the relationships grow. In some cases, that's true. But in other cases, they are transactional. And this is what the new world order needs. They need constitute. They need they need the the structure of the new world order to to stay um, to stay uh, connected. Because when you start making it more volatile, new structures will be designed. If you break in a if you break, let's say, a benzene ring, for example. If you have an uh, uh, aromatic compound, let's say, 
and you break some of these double bonds, you can change the whole structure of the molecule by adding and subtracting. This is what Trump is. He's reactivating an aromatic compound. He's reactivating for a, a different structure in the world, a structure that is Westphalian, not New World Order. This is what the American public wants. Across the globe, um, Bolton, we should say, um, declined to comment um, for this story, but we spoke to a, a number of people in the room who heard his words firsthand. It's sort of amazing, Elise, because, I mean, you worked with John Bolton, and you know that he had different kinds of relationships, let's say, with the State Department and with the White House, and leading up to his being appointed, nominated for UN ambassador, never confirmed, but served as a recess appointment. But you worked with him in the Bush NSC, and so you, you've seen him up close. And he seemed to have been very, very forthcoming, at least, with the Morgan Stanley people. I would not want to mess with John Bolton, period, especially in a bureaucratic infight, and especially now in this war that is... Because John Bolton is part of the deep state. ...seeping through into the press. And something that I found really interesting about Carol and Stephanie's reporting was that Bolton really teased what is going to be in his book. He sounded very forthright. What he said was, I don't think we should downplay it all. It was simply jaw-dropping to have a, your former national security advisor accuse the president of having business interests that influence his foreign policy decisions is simply jaw-dropping. See, see, they're trying to create this narrative. So when Bolton, you know, does testify in Congress, if he testifies in Congress, that it creates this kind of smoky mirror thing that maybe there was some sort of business dealings in the Middle East that, that call, or, or Turkey or that affects his portfolio. And maybe this is something like the Bidens. It's not about maybes. It's not about maybes. It's the president's prerogative to be able to change the policies. And what's amazing is, is if, you, if, you, if you polled most people that voted for Trump, this is what we wanted, what he's doing. So thank you for listening. Please let me know what you think on this topic. And uh, have a nice day.